Limerick Today now on 461995. Last week, parents rejoiced after the uh, announcement of the government's plan to bail out the childcare sector which involves asking childcare facilities uh, to stop charging parents in return for a massive rescue package uh, for uh, the uh, industry. Um, but uh, there's confusion in the sector. It emerged that all of the state's current schemes are to be stopped for the duration of the emergency scheme. Uh, these schemes see childcare operators reimbursed for subsidies being offered to parents. So what this means is that while a crash's staff will be almost fully paid through the crisis, the business itself will have just 15% of those staff costs provided in order to manage its overheads, meaning there may be no business for the employees to return to or for you to drop your child to when this is all over. So I'm joined on the line by Nicola McCune, who's the owner of a childcare facility in Limerick City, and Marion Quinn, who is a chair of the Association of Childhood Professionals and uh, she's based in Limerick as well. And good morning uh, to both of you. Uh, Nicola, first of all, you're welcome. Good morning. Talk to me about your own situation. How big is your creche? How many staff do you employ? How many kids do you mind? Okay, currently um, enrolled, we'd have about 90 children um, and I'd have 16 staff, including relief workers who step in when staff are absent. So it's not a small business by any means. So can you explain no. to listeners who mightn't be aware what government schemes are generally available for the childcare sector and how they work? Okay, well, my service um, caters for all of the government schemes currently available. So we have uh, the CCSP, um, we have the TEC, uh, the National Childcare Scheme, the NCS, which is the new one, and we also have... Um, no, we have, yeah, we have, that covers all of them. Okay, and they all then help families in particular circumstances and, and obviously help with the costs of childcare and creches? Yeah, it would it would uh, decrease the, the cost that the, the parents have to pay um, drastically, yes. So it would be parents that may have a medical card and some form of social welfare payment um, and just parents that just have, are on a social welfare payment, that would be for the CCSP. Then we have other the other scheme that would be for pe- uh, people that are on community employment or that might be training. Now, Nicholas, since you closed, you had maintained full wages for your staff, yes. um, but you also stopped receiving fee payments from parents. And, yes. And you were relying on the scheme payments due from the government to help you cover some of this, weren't you? Exactly. Immediately when I heard we had to close the service uh, for the health and safety of everybody, um, I informed the, the staff that I would be paying full wages for the two weeks that we told, were told for the closure and that I informed parents immediately also that we w- I wouldn't be accepting any fees. I couldn't, I couldn't ask for fees based on a service that I couldn't provide. Yes. We're chatting to Nicola McKeown, who's the owner of a childcare facility here in Limerick, and Marion Quinn is also on the line. She's chair of the Association of Childhood Professionals. So, Nicola, the Minister for Children and Youth Affairs, Catherine Zappone, she secured what was described as a rescue package for the creche sector. But yeah. is it, is the question? I think it probably is, yes, for the services that are not registered for schemes. I think it w- would be really beneficial for those. But for the likes of the, the services that are, you know, pretty much the income is based on what we receive from the, the government, um, it's not in favour for us, no. 
Right. So, in essence, then, all the normal government schemes were cut with very little notice. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was, let me just think back, it was the 13th of March I received, we have a PIP portal where we do all our registrations for the schemes. Um, it says that we didn't need to apply for the force majeure and that payments would continue to be paid uh, for the scheme. Now, that was covering the period up to, I think, the 27th of March, the initial closure, the two-week period we were told to close for. So I presumed, I probably shouldn't have presumed, that I was safe in knowing that I was going to receive all my scheme funding. So I would have continued to pay the parents, um, sorry, pay the staff uh, full wages, and I wouldn't have taken any fee payments, cash payments, or, you know, the top-up payments, basically, for the schemes. But then a couple of, uh, the 25th of March, we received the letter from uh, regarding Catherine Zapponi proposal for the bailout scheme. And then within two days, all the scheme funding was basically withdrawn bar one week that we received for the, uh, the following week's scheme payments. So Nicola, you would have assumed reasonably that what was happening here was you'd get the emergency payment and you'd still get your other scheme payments. Um, but what's happened is the emergency payment has come through but the other government schemes have been cut. So what's yeah. the revenue loss to your business then? Um, well, I've done the calculations and what I would have received um, over the, the three weeks extended closure that we've been, you know, basically told, um, I would have received a significantly, significantly more amount than the proposal will be giving me. How long can you stay open? I mean, how big a risk is there that when all of this is over, the children attending your crash won't have a crash to come back to? See, the thing is, I suppose I'm in a situation where, with the, with the new proposal, we have to we pay our staff up front and then we receive the money back through the DCYA. I am in a position where I I can pay the staff up front and wait for that payment to come through, but there's many services that don't have the funds to do that. So from my point of view, it's likely that I would stay open, if you see what I mean. I do, but for how long, Nicola? I mean, you know, this thing could go on for months. I know, exactly. And I'm considering quite in depth the fact that I probably will have to sign up for the, for the proposal, the scheme, the bailout scheme. Yeah. Uh, Nicola McCune is the owner of a childcare facility here in Limerick. Marion Quinn, chair of the Association of Childhood Professionals, is also on the line. Marion, what do you make of this? I mean, at one level, it sounded like a rescue package that was going to keep creches um, operating at some level until the economy got going again and kids came back to those creches. But then we hear Nicola's story and Nicola says she's not even the worst out there, that there are other creches that are under even more pressure. Absolutely. Um, you know, when, when this was came out in the media, um, it was, yeah, the headlines were a major bailout for childcare. Um, and indeed, it was inaccurately reported that um, this this new proposed scheme was going to happen in parallel with the existing schemes. 
So obviously, you know, um, service providers who are reading that was kind of going, okay, good. This covers the loss of fees, you know, from, from parents' fees. Um, so the services would be able to be viable and would be able to reopen um, to support the children and the families when the time came. Now, very quickly, um, the details emerged that um, the government was pausing um, the schemes that were, you know, the national schemes that were currently available, um, which, which, as far as services were concerned, were ring-fenced because, um, like Nicola said there, on the 13th of March, um, the communication from the department was that um, the schemes were con- the money was ring-fenced. It's already in the budget for all those schemes for the year um, and that the schemes are going to continue to be paid until services reopened. Now, it didn't put a deadline on that, whether it was reopened on the 29th of March or reopened when, because the money is there for the contracts. And we've got to remember, these providers are in contract to the state, you know, to deliver these schemes. Um, so I suppose it was quite a surprise for people um, to hear that the, the government were pulling their contracts, they're, they were, were breaking the contracts that service providers had entered in good faith, when the service providers know that there is money there to cover those schemes. Um, so I suppose that was a real challenge for, and is a real challenge for right. providers and, to get their head around. And Marion, you know, as chair of the association, you know, what is the government saying to you about why they made the decision to do the cutting after announcing the rescue package? Yeah, so um, part of the reason why, and, and we're, we're having a difficulty with, with um, the responses, um, so they're saying that thousands of um, early years educators signed on to um, you know, social protection uh, when the notice came out to, um, when the notice came out that, that uh, creches were and, and preschools were to close um, as a result of the COVID. Um, so, but the thing is, service providers were in the lacuna. They didn't know what, what was going to happen in relation to funding. So what happened was um, providers gave letters to their staff and um, putting them on temporary, um, on temporary layoff. Um, but at the same time, we were fighting with the, with the department um, and social protection to make sure that the providers could top up um, you know, the COVID payment the staff is going to be getting, because at the time it would have been 203 euro. Now, while the services couldn't afford with closure and with, with no parent fees, um, they couldn't afford to pay staff. But if the state was paying the 203, which was the COVID payment at the time, then um, services through the schemes would have been able to top up um, the wages of the staff. But the department went with the with the news that, oh, thousands were signing on, which, which sounded like, well, service providers are still getting paid schemes um, and here uh, staff are, are being laid off and, and just being put on social protection. And there's no evidence that that was the case because we did spend the week, um, you know, intensively fighting um, for the right of, of providers to be able to provide that top-up to staff, you know, where, where, where they could afford it. Right, right. Um, so, but what about the general wage, wage subsidy scheme that's come in since? Can yeah. Precious access that? Well, so the department, so the new emergency scheme that, um, that the department are, are slowly releasing details of, but service providers don't know what and what the full details are yet and what the implications are with revenue. And um, so for that, um, they're saying that the um, revenue um, scheme would, would pay 70% of um, the wage for um, each employee and the Department of Children Youth Affairs then would top up by a further um, 30% um, so that the staff would be getting um, their normal wage. Um, but the difficulty here is um, that in, case, in, in many instances, um, if the employees were actually laid off, um, they would be able to avail of the €350 Euro, um, and, and, you know, um, and, and that would be able to kind of, I mean, I suppose financially sustain them given they were on such low wages um, in the first place. So there's, there's 
a lack of clarity about whether the staff will actually get 350 if the employers sign up to this new emergency scheme um, or whether the staff actually would be better off if they were on that COVID-19 um, scheme that's available to the general population. Right. But because very confusing. It, because it's a very interesting point and that yes. is the wage subsidy scheme, the general one. Yes. There seems to be quite a doubt over the income tax implications Absolutely. for staff of this so-called grant payment. So will, at a certain point, the staff who get the wage subsidy scheme, and this applies to all businesses listening and all employees listening, not just in creches, will they end up having to pay income tax at a certain point on this essential emergency payment? Well, that's part of that's part of what we're trying to get clarification on because, yeah, it does say on revenues there will be a reconciliation, um, you know, in relation to um, in relation to taxes to PRSI, etc. Now we know um, that you know for services and for their and for their staff, um, if they are able to open when all of this is open, so it, when all this is over, so if they are able to say you know kind of viable um, and they and they reopen. Um, we know that there's going to be extra costs on the services. Well, one, um, there's going to be less capacity in the services, so there'll be less children because we know that we're going to go into an economic downturn. Um, so not all parents will be back to work straight away, so they won't necessarily need creches. So there'll be less money going into the creches in the first place. But they'll have increased, um, they'll have increased uh, financial overhead. Um, for instance, like if they have to, um, you know, freeze their mortgage for now. When their mortgage gets reenacted, they'll have increased repayments and interest repayments that they'll have to make in that. And then they have to look at, okay, what are the implications in terms of um, what, what they will owe to revenue as a result of the reconciliation that will have to happen at the end of the year. Um, so there's fierce concerns about it because, to be honest with you, there's a lack of detail. Now, we know um, that businesses all over the country are closing and there's no potential of, you know, um, even the top-up that um, is looking like what's happening in early years. But we have to remember the top-up that's happening in early years is money that has been withdrawn for those service providers already through the breaking of the contracts that those services had with the government, despite the money being ring-fenced and there right. for um, well, It sounds to me as though, Marion, that people listening this morning will have to accept that a number of creches will not reopen in Limerick and where their kids go and really enjoy it. It isn't going to happen in some instances with the economic downturn, uh, with the difficulties the creches themselves um, are having, despite the fact that the government is saying we have to get going again whenever this ends. Without a doubt, um, that is that is the really unfortunate um, reality. Um, we've got we've had um, providers who are on to us. It, it, t- typically, the, the kind of small to medium sized um, crash services, um, and they've been on to us, and they're going to be down like you know each week between two and three thousand. Um, so you look that over a twelve week period, you know you're you're rising up the money very quickly, and then that's just for a twelve week period. I mean, it could go on beyond that. We don't know. Um, and some services have just decided, okay, uh, we need to pull the loss now um, before they get further in debt because they would not be able to repay the debt afterwards. Um, and there's no indication that there would be, you know, a, a bailout at the end of this for them. Um, so they're saying, you know, broader than put their homes and et cetera on, on, on risk, um, that they're going to have to have to close now and, uh, and unfortunately won't be able to reopen. And then we've got others who are hanging on, who are hoping, because they don't know the full details of this scheme yet, um, you know, of, of what exactly they're signing up to or what exactly they're going to get or what exactly the implications are. Um, so we've got some people who are kind of uh, paused for the moment until they hear the full details of that scheme. But that could be another week. Right. Um, and services well, could have laid off that by then. OK, we'd like to hear from you, from listeners, about have you had contact from your own crash? What are they saying? Is there a prospect in uh, your kid's case that they won't be able to go back to that crash and that we'll have far fewer uh, crashes? And uh, 
Nicola, finally from you, um, yes. it, it sounds like, I mean, as you say, you are hanging on in there at the moment. But yeah. It sounds yeah. like a lot of people you know in the crash industry in Limerick um, may end up exiting it through no choice yeah. of their own. Yes, yeah, I have, yeah, I have had uh, contact with, well, many people on the childcare forums, um, Facebook, and yeah, it, it, it has seemed that some have closed their doors already. I'm specifically thinking of signing up to the to the bailout offer, the scheme, um, just purely out of respect um, for my staff, for all the hard work and dedication they put in. I want to ensure that they can get full wages. Mm-hmm. I would have given them anyway, having them not pulled the scheme, because there was there would have been an issue there would have been the right amount of money there to cover Right, I certainly wouldn't like to be explaining to my young fellow at home that he won't be able to go back to his crash where he absolutely loves life. But uh, anyway, I know. I'm sure a lot I know, of people will feel will feel the same about it. Okay, well, listen, thank you both for raising this because it, it's something that was brought to our attention. We'd been hearing about it um, uh, on the periphery, and then Nicola was in touch with us um, in the last day or so. So it was good to talk to you and to Mary. And I hope that our politicians listening consider this because it's important now, but it'll be even more important when we need to get the economy moving again. Hopefully in the near Mm -hmm. uh, future but also for the welfare of our children thank you to Nicola McEwen who is uh, an owner of a childcare facility here in Limerick and Marion Quinn who's Limerick based and is chair of the Association of Childhood Professionals Call Limerick today now on 461995